0: Co host Daniela, welcome to Making Sense of Success, a podcast dedicated to finding the meaning of success and empowerment. Stay tuned every Saturday for new episodes. You can find us on Instagram at Making Sense of Success. Pod. Uh, please feel free to email us at Making Sense of Success at Gmail.com if you'd be interested in sharing your stories of success and empowerment.
1: Awesome. Um, my name is Julia Parzik. Um, I'm also known as Fit, Fat, and All That on Instagram. I'm a body positive or body acceptance influencer um I'm also an eating disorder recovery coach um and this is a pretty new uh career path for me, probably like the last year and a half but yeah i've just been been doing the thing definitely Amazing. yeah so what did you do
0: before this i guess then like what was your thing oh i guess God. before this
1: yeah well i when i was twenty four i well, I graduated from Michigan State um, with an elementary education degree, thought I was going to be a cute little second grade teacher, um, ended up in like a terrible school in Detroit, which I wanted to do urban education, but um, I, the school I got a job at was like terrible and it was so bad. I cried every single day. Um, so I quit Aww. that, um, moved to LA, like got into Nanning for a long time for like the last five years just because... I was like I want to have a job that like isn't stressful for me. Granted, nannying is also very stressful. Um just a different yeah, kind of, of stress. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, of <laughs> course. raising somebody else's kids that aren't yours. Um but yeah, the, and then I did some like odd end jobs. I was like working at a roofing company and just trying to figure out like what the hell I wanted to do. Um, and I've always been super interested in mental health and eating disorders and just all of that stuff. And so I was like, okay, I feel like I have such a great platform. Like what, how can I get into this like coaching realm um, and just kind of figured out how to do that. Um, but honestly, it was super messy up until I was about 27, 28 um, with figuring out like what the heck I wanted to do with my life.
2: Um, For having to navigate your whole life, what do you think has been the biggest piece of advice that you've held on to?
1: My grandma always would tell us, my grandma Mimi, my mom's mom, she would always say like things have a way of working out Um, and I've just kind of held on to that phrase of like yeah, maybe I'm going to like hit some roadblocks and like hit some speed bumps or things are going to go really great or things are going to be like really shitty and I'm going to have to pivot and just know that like this this is life. Like it's not perfectly linear and that's something I learned in my own recovery of my eating disorder is like life recovery all of these things is not like this beautiful linear path it's kind of a scatter plot and it's just like all over the place and just just be along for the ride
0: i think that's definitely like the way to approach things you
1: know because
0: i feel like if you go any other way about it you might just cause yourself a whole bunch of stress and unnecessary anxiety as we were kind of talking about before (laughs) so yeah yeah it's definitely like a balance more of a balanced lifestyle then
1: I mean, granted, I still had, like, terrible anxiety throughout those years. It's something (laughs) something that I'm learning to, like, be more, like, go with the flow and kind of just seeing, like, what life throws at me. Um, But I feel like within the last year and a half, I'm definitely, like, more secure in my, like, career choices and just, like, who I am that I feel like I don't need to be anxious all the time.
2: I feel that. Sometimes I think anxiety is kind of like going through a yellow light. Like, yes. what are you going to do it? Are you not going to do it? Like, what is going on? <laughs> what do I do? What's a social norm? Like, am I going to run this? Am I
1: not? Like, what? Yeah, but and most of the time I fly through it.
2: <laughs> exactly. You just have to do it. But then sometimes you're like, oh, that, that one really shouldn't have been done. Yep. And you're like, eh, padiddle. Oh my you god, know, I whatever love that you say. Yeah. <laughs> do you, yeah, do you have that in Canada? Have what? You know, like when people run a yellow light, do you have like a saying? No.
1: Maybe I'm just out of the loop though. Yeah, <laughs> I we know. Like, or like my friends and I, we would always like kiss our hand and then kiss the like – and put our hand to like the top of our car like a uh, – We got past it, type of thing. I don't know if anybody else does that.
2: Oh my god, that is so cute! Yeah, my friend used to say "padiddle" and like fist bump the top of her ceiling. Oh my god, (laughs) I've
0: never heard of any of that.
1: Oh my god, so wild Americans! I know
0: railways. Though we like, I don't know. Maybe this is just my family that we put like our feet up whenever we're crossing like
1: a railroad. Oh, interesting! You don't touch the ground. It's kind of um. like holding your breath past a cemetery. Yes, exactly. Yeah, mm. I've
2: never heard that one either. <laughs> but <actually. laughs> I heard that one. I have heard that one. Awesome. Um, what do you think has been one like the most challenging um, thing to overcome since changing into an uh, influencer?
1: Honestly, it's just like navigating that whole world. Like it may on the outside like look super cool and fun, um, but it's it's super stressful. Um, I just recently hired an assistant, and she takes care of my like most of my DMs right now um, for you know like business inquiries and stuff like that. But like when you're getting hundreds of DMs a day, and then people are you know trolling you and saying negative things, and it's just it can be so much because I feel like people put you on a pedestal, and then there's this expectation that you have to be perfect. And nobody is. Of course, myself, I'm not. And so, you know, there is this fear of, you know, if I post something, am I saying the wrong thing? Am I being PC? Am I, you know, there's just so many, like, tick marks that I have to go through, and that can be super challenging. And then also navigating the fact that I deal with 12 clients with eating disorders while, You know, I'm fully recovered, but still navigating my own body image issues, processing their, you know, mental health stuff, dealing with Instagram. So it can just honestly be a little overwhelming at times.
2: That sounds very overwhelming. I can't even imagine what (laughs) Uh, people want to comment on my pizza post, like really and (laughs) truly having to to navigate like other people's opinions and not – have that like infiltrate i guess like your entire idea of yourself is is very hard and i don't like anybody it would be challenging for absolutely everybody and the way that i think you decide to handle most of it is very what's the word Amazing and admirable. You're like, I'm going to call you out, bitches. Like, can you (laughs) not? It's too early for this. Please
1: stop. Oh, my God. I'm all about calling people out, especially when it has to deal with like a stupid zodiac sign or someone being like, you're not a water (laughs) sign. You're an air sign. And I'm like – And I'm just like, are we seriously arguing about Zodiac signs in 2020? Like, can we not? There are so many other important things to be chatting about right now. I remember
0: seeing your post about that. I loved it. I was like, this is what I needed today, honestly.
1: Oh my gosh. Yeah, I've just had to learn to like laugh off some of these like trolls that just feel the need to be some like keyboard warrior over Zodiac signs. So through the course of
2: trying to call out all the haters yet still get your point across to those who um, need it the most. What do you think is your
1: definition of success? I mean, honestly, for me, I, I'm not a very money-driven type of person, and so I know probably a lot of people's idea of success is either getting the job or, you know, making a certain amount of money, but honestly, for me, it's just, like, having a vision and being able to put that into play and having those things, like, come into fruition for me and and knowing that there's not a, a ceiling for me to reach that, you know, I'm just going to pivot or things are going to change and I'm going to have... um new goals and new visions and new dreams, and hopefully I'll be successful in them. But honestly, it's just kind of feeling content and comfortable with where I'm at.
0: And I'd like assume on, I don't know, maybe this is just my assumption, but with switching kind of like your career path in that way, was there like a specific moment um, that kind of drove that really where you were like, yes, I'm just going to do this full time. Like This is the moment. This is it.
1: Yeah, honestly, I – so I was, like, nannying, like, 60 hours a week for three Brian. kids. I was trying to do some, like, brand partnership stuff on the side. Um And granted, like, the influencing stuff isn't what, like, lights me up. I'm not like, oh, my God, I love influencing mm-hmm. with brands. Like, I mean, it's cool and it's fun, but um I just – I've always wanted to help people, um, especially women, um, and especially in the eating disorder community. And I just, at one point I was like, I can't, I'm like burning at both ends and something's got to give, I got to, I have to quit my job to be able to have this like mental capacity to be able to do the thing that I wanted to do. So there was a point where I was just like, okay, by the time I turned 29, this was, um, yeah, February 2019, I turned 29, quit my job, decided to like go into coaching and luckily I had, you know, created a really great platform of followers that trusted me. Um so it wasn't all of a sudden where I was like, "Hey, now I'm going to be coaching eating disorders." It was stuff I had been talking about for, you know, years. So they trusted me and luckily it just kind of took off and it's been super successful, which has been great and I think that just like is a testament that this is what I should be doing
0: out a time. Hey guys, so as you may know, Sierra and I use uh, Anchor to record our podcast. It's really the easiest way to make a podcast. First of all, it's free. They also provide you with creation tools which allow
2: you to record and edit your podcast right from your cell phone or computer. Anchor will also distribute your podcast for you so it can be hard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. The best part is, is you can also make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Just make sure you download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. So I guess for anyone <laughs> trying to find out
0: um yeah, for anyone trying to find their why, like what advice would you give them to find their purpose?
1: I mean, I think my biggest thing, I think a lot of people are like what do you want your life to look like? And my mm-hmm. thing was like what don't I want my life to look like? Like, (laughs) what are the things I don't want? I don't want to have a boss. I don't want to be stuck in an office. I want to help people. Um, and so I kind of just looked at these, like the things I do want and the things I don't want and kind of just threw these ideas together and kind of came up with them. Um, but knowing that like, hey, maybe in a year from now, these ideas aren't going to be as fulfilling to me and that's entirely okay. Um, just starting like honestly just starting journaling like figuring out like what lights you up like what makes you happy, what brings you joy um and and seeing if there's a way that you can make a career out of that and just taking some small steps forward and doing that
2: Do you think that um you're in a space where you think you're just gonna do nothing but succeed? a lot of influencers think think like I don't know la or I don't know. New York is the best place to do anything. Do you think where you're at is gonna be the most beneficial?
1: I mean, I already I've lived in LA before. Um, and I, I didn't feel my best self in LA. It was super fun. I was twenty-four at the time, but honestly, the the job I have now, um, I, I can work remotely and I've been so successful in Denver in terms of really growing my platform, but I feel like anywhere I go I'm pretty secure in the fact that I would be able to create like a really great um, support system and, and a following there. So I'm kind of looking forward to to moving and, you know, trying a new place because Carl and I, my boyfriend, are definitely wanting to move in the near future. So I'm kind of excited to see like where that next chapter would take me if I was living somewhere else.
2: That's what's so nice about being an influencer or anything that you can do like from home like with yourself you could go anywhere you want and that's like the life to live not the life I want to live because I want to be in an office with like a little cubicle um with my cute <laughs> cut jeans uh but that uh, that is another goal <laughs>
1: Yeah, it's it's Carl definitely wants to be able to work remotely at some point. And we just we love to travel. And so it would just be really nice. And I've I've worked so many different jobs. And I just know that like being stationary is is not ideal for me.
0: So I guess out of all these experiences, um, even like switching careers, which at times can obviously be stressful and everything. But what has been the most rewarding for you out of all your experiences?
1: Honestly, the like client updates that I get from my clients has just been so rewarding. I I don't know if you guys are familiar with the Enneagram, but I'm at Enneagram too. And it's like the helper, very nurturing, like, let me help you so I don't have to help myself kind of personality. <laughs> um, but I'm very much a two where I just, I'm, I love to nurture. I love to take care of people. I love to help people. And it is just so fulfilling to have the women that I've worked with previously reach out to me and say, oh my gosh you know my life is so much better I feel a sense of freedom and confidence in my body and it just like those are the types of things that I'm like this is like worth the stress this is why I do what I do because I spent you know 10 years of my life having an eating disorder and being so uncomfortable in my body and if I can help one person let alone you know I have 12 clients right now like that just it, it fills me up and it just makes me so happy with the switch that I made
0: And I think that's something like that's been coming out a lot more thanks to like people such as yourself in that way. Cause I remember growing up too, like I've never been really like, I've never been a twig. I've never been super skinny. I've always had like a little bit more curve to myself, which, you know, like it's, it's, it is what it is in my eyes. (laughs) Like I've never tried to really change my body image in that way, but it was hard growing up with like, having images such as like the typical like Barbie doll come out because I'm also like my parents are Latin American so I don't have mm, yeah. those blue eyes and that blonde hair. Um how did you go I guess about like growing up in a culture like that and I don't know like setting your goals for yourself and and embracing who you are and building that confidence.
1: I mean it took me a long time to get there. I mean I, <laughs> I struggled with an eating disorder for 10 years so I think for a lot of women I, I didn't even really think I had an eating disorder for a long time. Um, because I wasn't making myself throw up anymore. I was just, you know, dieting and stuff like that. And that's so normalized in our culture is like, oh, you know, lose five, ten pounds like this is like normal conversation to be having and i just remember thinking after working with so many so many kids and seeing like some of my 7-year-old students talking about like body dissatisfaction and feeling fat and all of these types of things and i'm like oh my god like something has to give because i i don't ever want my children to go through what i've gone through and i don't want this to be a normal behavior for my children let alone any children and so i was like i it's got to start with ourselves. And I was just like, I don't want to have this idea that this is just what I deal with. This is a struggle that I am always going to have. I'm always going to hate my body. And I was like, I, I know it's possible to kind of change the way we think about ourselves and rewire our brains. Um, And I think there was just a point where I was so tired of hating who I was that I was like, okay, like something's got to give. And I just like, made some action steps moving forward of, you know, going through my recovery and, like, putting in the work. And, oh, my God, it was just – it was so worth it, and I wouldn't change a thing about it. Did
2: you ever fall into, like, um, with being in a relationship and thinking that um, how your partner kind of, like, feels about you, dictates how you
1: feel about yourself in a way? Absolutely. I mean, so many of my relationships were surrounding – you know, if my partner finds me pretty, then, you know, that I'm worthy, that I'm lovable and all these things. And, you know, stuff still comes up with Carl and I where, you know, maybe I'm having a bad body day. And instead of me internalizing that, like I used to in the past, um, and kind of maybe, uh, it come out in weird ways and anxiety or irritability or, you know, feeling super insecure. I express it to Carl now and I'm like, oh, I'm just like having a bad body day or like, oh, I'm not feeling so great. And he's such a wonderful partner is able to like affirm me and validate me in a way that, that like I need and sits well. But I also know that like without that, um, you know, me being single for six years before meeting him. I'm able to like affirm and validate myself. So while it feels really wonderful and great to have the support from him, I've been able to like learn how to, um, support myself. So if, you know, God forbid I, I was to end up without someone, I would still be okay. Um, and not put so much of my self worth in, in having a partner.
2: Of the growing, um, issue of like other of women trying to be validated by their like relationships and other like significant others do you have any advice that you could give uh, to those who are trying to break that nasty habit (laughs)
1: Yeah, I mean, one of my favorite books is attached. Um it really talks about our like different attachment styles and like the way that we were raised kind of determines how we pick partners and like the type of relationships that we end up in and I'm definitely someone that struggled with some like anxious attachment due to past relationships of being cheated on or having like some sexual trauma and so being able to acknowledge like, okay, these are the things that I struggle with. I tend to feel like I'm going to be abandoned or I am constantly seeking validation from my partner, like becoming aware of those behaviors in your relationship and then changing your behavior by choosing a different behavior and saying like, okay, this might be really uncomfortable. I don't like the way this makes me feel. But I also know that like being insecure in a relationship is going to lead to an unhealthy one and a toxic one. So I think just really becoming aware of like this, this is like where I am right now and I'm able to change that and, and be more vocal about those insecurities with your partner. Um, and that's something that I've learned a lot with Carl is, you know, I feel so secure and safe with him to kind of share anything. Um, whereas in the past I was so afraid of doing that. And if, You know, I was angry or I was upset with my partner. I was afraid that if I vocalized that, they would leave me. Um, And then I wouldn't speak up. And then it just kind of validated this fear that, like, I was going to be in these unhealthy relationships. But I wasn't really, like, being who I wanted to be and speaking up and being authentic.
2: That word authentic um, is the scariest word I think um, ever put in the dictionary, Uh, Because that's all my therapist tells me every Wednesday for an hour. She's like, "Girl, you just gotta be authentic," and I'm like, "Oh no, I don't want (laughs) to." Yeah, Uh, okay, I have to. It's it's really hard to navigate um, relationships at any age, um, just because any culture or any sort of like time period can um, put a strain on. Mental well being. And it's very hard to navigate being able to be communicative yet caring at the same time when you're inside a relationship that you don't know what's going on.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And like, honestly, I just, I've had a lot of toxic relationships. So there was just this fear of like, oh my God, this is just going to be another one. And I realize that it all kind of boils down to like, I am the one that chooses these partners. So if I'm consistently choosing toxic partners or people that like gaslight me and stuff like that, then yeah, I'm going to end up in a toxic relationship. And so I think it's, you know, really realizing that you are the one that chooses these partners and you're also the one that is, is able to leave these relationships. So you just have to like find the strength in, in doing that.
0: And I think a lot of the time, it's really hard, like within this society, at least where I don't know, I, I wouldn't say actually n- now this society, but like in, in the past, like a lot of the time, women were really dependent on men and like, and that makes it 10 times harder, especially when you grow up with um, a cultural background that is kind of patriarchal in that way. Um Yeah and looks down upon women really, or doesn't empower them the way they should be that we're starting to see a bit more now. Um, and hopefully continues to grow in that way. But I don't know, from like my perspective, it's, I can see that it's like really hard to be able to develop like that confidence in that way, especially if maybe your cultural background doesn't support it.
1: Yeah. I mean, and the thing is, is I grew up in such a wonderful household where, you know, my parents kind of had different roles um, Mm -hmm. more than like the, the stereotypical roles. Like my dad did a lot of the stuff that, you know, a mom would typically do. And so I think I had this idea that, you know, we can do all things and we don't have to like fall into these specific gender roles, but I mean, a lot of the men that I, I'd encounter, I think we are all just programmed to believe that we need to, to be a certain thing in each relationship. And it takes like calling that out or saying like, yeah, no, I don't really like that. Or I don't want to do that. Or I don't feel Mm -hmm. comfortable with that for like these relationships to change and our mindset to change about how, how relationships are supposed to look.
0: Especially, I think, when you get into, like, a relationship so young. Like, I'm reflecting on my own past experiences now that are just popping into my head. But, like, um, like I got into, like, a pretty, like, long-term relationship super young when I was, like, in high school. Um, and I remember we were, like, a year in. And then he goes and he's, we're, like, literally just out and he looks at another girl. And, like, my confidence just, like, literally was deteriorated. But at the end of the day, like, that's no reflection on, like, me, you know? And that's really hard to kind of think at that age. You have to realize that that's like a reflection on them. Like that's them as a person. And you have to realize, as you were saying, build that confidence and know your worth in the sense that to know that you don't want that. Like that's not the type of relationship you want, maybe, to go out and have your boyfriend looking at other women in front of you. Not a fan. Not
2: a fan. No, no, not at all. (laughs) That was my dad growing up um to every other girl that he saw um even if he was like with um somebody that he was dating at the time so like being on a different side of that um daniela and i have like definitely different perspectives and everything but like it's crazy to see that it does hurt everybody involved when you're not being true to yourself and authentic in a relationship
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, I kept wondering, like, why aren't these relationships working out? And I'm like, oh, I'm not speaking up. And then I'm like filled with resentment and it comes out in like really nasty ways. And then I'm, you know, super angry and insecure. And I'm just like, oh, okay. Like kind of boils down to like the fact that these are my behaviors and that I'm choosing a partner that is doing these things to me. And I need to find someone that's like healthier and, and more cognizant of their behaviors
0: absolutely and I think it's even as you're saying like holding people accountable in that way like I definitely called it out I remember when I was younger but I think he came back at me with something like oh well like we've been dating for x amount of time or like how do you expect me not to look and it's like what do you mean <laughs> like it's really easy but at the time you know I was like oh you know like well like we've been dating for x amount of time and whatever it was one time but like yeah you make that's excuses the thing. yeah because you know Especially when you're in a relationship, it's kind of harder for you to see, I feel like, just because mm-hmm. your bias is there. You've developed something with someone, you care about them, et cetera. Um, but that's why, like, I think it's also important to have someone outside of that um, because they don't have as much bias as you in that way. And you can even, like, gain advice from them or as well as get their insight in that way and be like, okay, like, reality check. <laughs> this is not. Absolutely. It. Yeah. Do you have anyone in your life, I guess, that you go to for advice in that
2: way?
1: Oh, my gosh. I feel like I have so many. I feel like, (laughs) you know, whether it's my mom or my sister or, like, Carl or, like, my best friends, I feel like each of these people give me a different type of insight. And so maybe sometimes I, like, call somebody if I want a certain answer back. Um, (laughs) But I I feel like I have so many great people that I can go to for advice in my life, and I've just – I have such a great support support system and honestly, through this time of, you know, like COVID and Black Lives Matters and everything that's going on in 2020, I just, I feel like this year, even though it's been really emotionally heavy, I feel like it's really shown me like all of the important people in my life. And I just feel so grateful about that and how, how many people I can go to.
0: Yeah, I think Fine. it's super important to have that support system. Um, especially like when, like in times like this, especially is what I mean. Like it's, it can be really draining. And sometimes like, as you were saying, like, we don't always have good days. Sometimes we have days where like, we're not the biggest fan of our body and everyone experiences that. But I think it's important to find people that lift you up and really encourage you to keep going and, um, know you the best really, because they know that on your good days, They know who you are and, like, what you want to achieve in life.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And, oh, my God, my therapist is, like, so wonderful too. I've been seeing her for, like, six years. So I feel like she's probably, like, one of my biggest support systems. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) Therapy.
2: It's the best thing on earth.
1: Oh my gosh, ever. that's so good. Ever absolutely
2: ever. All I do is tell my friends to get therapists so I won't be their friends anymore. Real toxic of me, but you know, it's for the I mean, for the good everybody, of everybody.
1: Everybody could benefit from a therapist.
2: Say it louder for the people in the back. <laughs> <laughs> As
1: we gear towards
2: wrapping this episode up, um what do you want our listeners to kind of take away in a sense?
1: I mean, kind of like I was saying about what my grandma said about, you know, things have a way of working out is like not having such high expectations, not high expectations, but not having a certain idea of like how your life's going to look. I was someone that was like, okay, I'm going to graduate. I'm going to be a cute little teacher. I'm going to get married to my boyfriend and we're going to buy a house and have kids and all these things. And then I like tried to do those things and I was so not happy. And I was really confused because I was like, well, I've done all the things that I thought I should do to make myself happy. And I had to remain open through, you know, the last six years of figuring out like what I wanted to do and not not conforming to what women should be doing or what we think we should be doing. Um, I've been reading the book Untamed by Glennon Doyle. And it's just such a wonderful book and kind of mimics what I'm saying of, you know, kind of breaking out of this idea of our lives need to look and be a certain way and you know just remaining open and figuring out like what makes you happy and and moving towards that even if your family or friends or whoever doesn't agree like it's your life so yeah that's my my little nugget of advice
0: I love it I really love it (laughs) that's what I needed today honestly to start off my weekend hell yeah vibes body positivity and lots of love everywhere
1: Yes. Yeah. I'm so glad we got to chat about this.
2: Daniela, you're my favorite person on this planet, I swear. (laughs) Are there any uh, sort of like small businesses that you would like to give a shout out to as well? We kind of like to spotlight them, especially during a pandemic
1: and, you know, to not support monopolistic companies. Absolutely. Um. So one of my favorite boutiques in Denver is called Pink's Boutique, and it's just so freaking cute. They have so many cute clothing. Um. They don't have a website, but you can like order over the phone. But they have like the cutest summer dresses and clothes. Um. I'm also obsessed with this new coffee shop. Um. In Five Points, if you're in Denver, um. And it's black owned, which I've been trying to spend more money to black owned businesses. Um. And it's called Coffee at the Point, and they have bomb-ass drinks.
0: There you go, Sierra.
2: <laughs> I'm just like, I'm like trying to find the map in my head. I'm like, where is it in my yeah, brain? it's so, it's so good. <laughs> I'm like, is it by Barcelona? Is it by Infinite Monkey Theorem?
1: The no, map is there. Like, Yeah, it's like, I think it's off Downing, maybe.
2: Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah. Okay, I've got it. I've got that map in my head.
0: Yes, Love Denver girl, City. Yes. <laughs> Whenever <laughs> I come to the <laughs> States... I'll check it out if I'm ever
2: in Denver. Yeah, yeah, there I you go. go. <laughs> <laughs>
0: All right. Hopefully. Well, thank you so much, Julia, for taking the time to come and chat with us. We really appreciate it.
1: Yeah. Thank you for having me. This was so awesome, and I'm excited to, to hear it.
2: As are we. Did you want to include your socials so people can
1: connect with you um, if they please? yeah absolutely um, my instagram is fit and all that and my website is fitfatandallthat.com. and all that dot com